So we thank you, Lord, for your presence with us this night. We ask you to just do a deeper work in us and we give ourselves over to that. Speak your heart, your word to us. We praise your name. Have a sense of what the Lord wants to do is just simply to release us more in the depth of our hearts in his love. There may be some who are a little bit disgruntled with life. There may be some who find it difficult to trust God. There may be some who may be just sort of mechanically going through life and feeling a bit burdened by things. Whatever your situation, I believe that the Lord would want to release you in a new love for him tonight. That's his purpose and it's spelt out here in today's readings for us so beautifully. Because you see, we are made for God. That that's why we're here on this earth, to be in union with him. St. Augustine put it very simply, and he said like, uh, Oh God, you've created me for yourself, for union with you, and my heart's restless until I rest in you. And that's the truth for each one of us. So deep inside of us there's a thirst for God, but oftentimes we're not in touch with it. It gets suppressed because of all the worries and troubles of life and the struggles and all the vicissitudes that we go through. We find it difficult to get in touch with it sometimes. But tonight I, I think the Lord will actually open that up for us. He wants to open up for each person here that deep thirst for God. Of course you've been physically thirsty, I'm sure. Like, um, and sometimes people get so thirsty that they actually get weak and they die you know, from thirst. Unfortunately that still happens in our world today. Because <coughs> you know, our, our human body actually, in terms of water, need, I think it needs uh, more than half the weight of the human body is water. So if you get dehydrated then you're really finished, aren't you? Um, it's a pretty troublesome uh, situation. Uh, and if that's the case with our, our human bodies, it's even more the case with our, our spiritual self, with our soul. We need the living water of God. Because a lot of us experience a bit like we're the Israelites in the desert, complaining about things and feeling there was no water for them. So it's a symbol, of course, of what our life can be like. We can be living in the desert, as it were. We know all about deserts in Australia. Where it's pretty arid, isn't it? And empty. Uh, and there's no fruit, fruit, vegetation or anything like that. Our lives can be like that. And the people of Israel were like that. They're in the desert. Uh, and they're complaining against God, as we tend to do. And then, Moses is told by the Lord uh, to strike a rock. Now you think you get water from a rock? Not likely, huh? But that's what happened. He struck the rock and water shoots, gushes forth. What a sign of hope, you see. What a sign of God's presence that he gives his people to drink when they need to drink. The good thing about the Israelites, they actually knew they needed the water. Think about us in our spiritual life, sometimes we don't know we need it. But once that gets awakened, though, that need in us, then the Lord will fulfill it just like he did to these people. He gave them to drink. That's his purpose. Now in the second reading in uh, Romans, we're told that 
the hope that God gives us is not deceptive. It's not just a wishful thought that, oh, I wish things would be better in my life. No, actually, the hope that he gives us is a guarantee that things will be better in your life. Why? Because of his presence within you. The circumstances might still prevail as being a bit rotten, but his spirit within you will do a new thing. And that's what Paul says, that uh, this hope is not deceptive because the love of God has been poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. That's what I think he wants to do tonight. He wants to have his love poured into your heart so much more than what you've experienced this time. You know, when we come, let's come of expectancy that that will actually happen. That the Lord will pour his love into our hearts in a new way. And all of this leads up to the, the, the gospel here. The encounter uh, of the Jesus with the Samaritan woman. Because, you see, it's all about thirst, isn't it? That uh, Jesus, first of all, he says, I'm thirsty. Now, when you read John's Gospel, as John's telling the story, there's always a double meaning to everything. Uh, there's a deeper meaning. Jesus says to the woman, I'm thirsty, give me a drink. But what it's really meaning is, I'm, I, I have a thirst inside of me for your soul. God's love is such that because he's created you for himself, he has a thirst in him for you. And he will persist in a gentle way, in a very firm way, in seeking you out and seeking to unleash in you, uh, release in you the experience of his love and to awaken in you a thirst in your heart that may have been sort of all dried up. And that's what happens in this little exchange here. The first thing is that we talk about Jesus' thirst. Now, he, he cried on the cross, didn't he? I thirst. Uh, that's, he thirsts for souls. He thirsts for you. He wants union with you. He wants you to come into communion with him, as he did with this woman here. And, and, and so she says, what do you mean? You're, you're a Jew and you're asking me a Samaritan for a drink, because Jews don't talk to Samaritans. Jews saw Samaritans as like half-castes, right? Uh, and they look down on them. And, and he says to her these beautiful words that he would say to you tonight, to each one of us, to me as well, if only you knew what God is offering you and who it is that's saying to you, give me a drink. If only you knew. Then you would be the one to ask. See, a thirst would rise in you uh, and you'd be given living water. Living water. That's the promise. That Jesus is awakening his thirst for this woman. He's awakening a thirst in her. And so she gets interested, you know. She says, oh, you don't have any bucket. How are you going to get water out of this well? You know, I've been to Jacob's well. It's very deep, you know. And, it's, and you get beautiful water out of it. But if you drop a penny from the top, it takes a long time to get down there. So it's a deep well, right? Uh, and uh, it's still there today. Uh, and Jesus says to her, look, whoever drinks the water from this well, they'll get thirsty again. But the one who drinks the water that I will give, they'll never be thirsty again. Because the water I'll give will turn into a spring inside that one, welling up to eternal life. We sang it, didn't we, the first song. Now rise within me from that deep well inside. Holy Spirit, be released. The Holy Spirit is the love of God. 
love of God be released from deep within me. I know you're dwelling there because of my baptism, but, but I've, I've lost contact. Uh, and now I'm, I'm, I'm thirsty again. I'm thirsty for you, just as this woman starts to get thirsty. Uh, she, she wants it. Uh, and, and so, I want it too, Lord. I want, I want your love. I need your love. Without your love, I, I'm, I'm not able to fulfill who I'm meant to be as a human being. I, that's what I'm created for, to be loved by you. So release your love in me. Let that fountain deep within well up to eternal life. A spring inside of me is promised. That's the promise of the Lord, you see. That it, that will come. So that's what the Lord wants to do. And then they go on talking about worship. Because uh, Jesus says, look, the hour is coming when uh, you will no longer worship on Mount Gerasim with the Saracen. Samaritans worship, and I won't worship in Jerusalem alone. The day, is, the day is coming when, the, and it's here already, when true worshippers who worship the Father in spirit and in truth. That's the kind of worship I want, a true worshipper. You see, what Jesus is saying, we've got lots of sacrifices we do in the temple and all that sort of stuff. We've got lots of uh, prayers and rituals we do, just like we do here when we come to Mass. So we've got all that going. But what I'm interested in is not the way you worship, what I'm interested in is the worshipper. Where's your heart? So allow me to touch your heart. Open your heart. So that you'll worship me with love. Not just out of routine, or not just out of duty, or not just because it's a good thing to do, I get some sort of kick out of just going to the liturgy. The Lord's not, he, he loves the liturgy, but he's not about just simply good liturgies. It's about worshippers. And you see, when that spirit is released within us, when that love for God is released deep within us, then we can worship God with our heart, soul, mind and strength. You now we come alive in a new way. That's what we'll be doing forever in heaven. Do you realise that? And people say, oh, how boring, worshipping forever. Yeah, because we haven't experienced it yet. When you start to experience worship, you realise that's the most fulfilling thing that can happen to a human person. To worship God with the whole heart, soul, mind and strength. Huh? And he says, uh, when they will worship in spirit and in truth. In spirit means like, by the spirit within us, welling up from deep within, the Holy Spirit, given to us by Jesus, worshipping the Father uh, from that deep place within. So my heart's given over to him. I yield and I'm surrendered to him. You know, because he's the Lord, right? And I, I, I want nothing else. And so that means he has to take some rocks out, out of my heart. Because sometimes there's rocks in there that are preventing the flow of the, the living water, the flow rise up within me. And, and so I have to have a new heart and a new spirit. Huh? Get the rocks out, because my heart's turned to stone, it's hardened a little bit. I need to sort of have it, I'd rather go through a bit of surgery there, and, and heart surgery, and so that I can really worship, be free to worship, free to give myself to God, free to yield over myself to Him, and, and fulfill the deepest purpose for why I'm here on this earth, you know. And, and it's also a worship too uh, that's in truth, in truth. That means like in humility, because truth is humility, it's just I stand in my creaturely state before God. 
in my neediness before him, in my brokenness, in my sinfulness, knowing that I can't really accomplish what I'm meant to accomplish on this earth without him. And so I reach up my hands to him and I give him the glory and I worship him for his majesty, his splendor, his beauty, his goodness, his, his holiness, his truth. How wonderful is God. I worship him, you see. That's the spirit that comes. You see, the fundamental fault in humanity, well, where we went wrong in the very beginning, is that we refused to worship God. We refused to give him the glory. You see, one of the accounts of the fall in, the, in Genesis is the Tower of Babel. When the people all got together and they said, look, we'll build something to our glory. We'll build something really magnificent. This will, this will be the best world ever. We'll build it to our glory and everybody look at us and cheer us. And, and that was smashed, you know. Because it was to their glory. And we are, that's the fundamental flaw in humanity, that we want to do it for our glory rather than for the glory of God. And, and have our lives given to God in, a, in a, a, a way of worship. And that's what Paul says at the beginning of Romans, you know, he says, so the wrath of God has been revealed in the world against all the impiety and depravity of humanity of those who have suppressed the truth and lived by a lie. That's the story of our present society, unfortunately. So much as the suppression of truth and, and living, and, and so much impiety. Impiety means Precisely that, refusal to give glory to God, refusal to worship Him. That's the fundamental problem. And so tonight, well, I believe there is a grace for us to receive the Spirit in a new way, to be released deep within yourself, and, and have those rocks knocked out a bit, you know, <laughs> lift the rocks out through repentance, of course, and then with great faith just to turn to the Lord, with whatever faith you've got, and, and allow the Spirit to well up within us, as Jesus promised the woman there at the well. And there'd be a new spirit of worship, spirit of praise of God, spirit of giving Him the glory for our lives, spirit of recognizing who He is and who I am. That's prayer. I recognize who I am first of all, that weak, broken human being, and yet with the Spirit living within me, God's Holy Spirit living within me, who lifts me up in a beautiful way, it rises within me and puts a new song of praise in my mouth to God, even despite all of my weakness, you know. And, and, and so I'm able to depend on God totally with myself. So I know who I am and I know who He is. He is God, He is Lord, He is mighty Lord of all. He's, he's, but He's God who has not stayed aloof from me or from us. He's actually come into our lives. He's come into the world. He's become one of us in Jesus. And so we, we know who he is. He's there with us. You see, the cry of those people in the first reading uh, was, is God with us or is he not? We're going through hard times. Is he with us or is he not? Well, we know that God is with us. That's how he's defined. That's what he said when Moses says, what's your name? He said, I am God who is with you. You see, that's who we worship. We can give it all to him because he is right there in the midst of our struggle and pain and difficulty and worry and, and, and all the torments that we go through, just like the people in Israel are going through torments. But like, God's there. So let's allow him tonight to open our hearts. Don't be afraid. Let the Spirit move through this mass. And let's worship him with all our hearts. 
and, and give him the glory and let his love especially just saturate our hearts so the hearts are just opened up, the hardness is gone and we're just soft before him in loving, tender gratitude and praise and worship and adoration and bless his name.